Hey guys, welcome back to the Bay Area Sports Addiction. My name's Alex, and today we're going to be discussing the Golden State Warriors. Well, just to recap, in case you live under a rock, the Golden State Warriors defeat the Sacramento Kings in seven games. The score of Game 7, 120 to 100. Uh, the Warriors were propelled to victory behind a 50-point masterclass from Steph Curry. Um, but first, before we dive into Game 7, I'm going to touch on a few uh, key points that I took away from this series. The first one is going to be, obviously, winning on the road. Um, during the regular season, it was made a pretty big deal that the, the Warriors weren't able to win on the road. They had one of the worst road records in the NBA. And as you can tell, the Warriors win two road games in the series. Game four, uh, oh, excuse me, game five and game seven. But the real differentiating factor is that when these vets like Steph, Clay, Draymond get into the postseason, the effort and focus on both ends of the court uh, is just drastically higher. It's hard for them to get up against, you know, when we're playing in Houston against one of the worst teams in the league, like the Warriors are going to have a stinker every once in a while. It just happened a lot more this year. Um, another key that I, I noted throughout this series is Kevon Looney is an elite role player. He's, as Steve Kerr mentioned in one of his interviews, he thinks he's one of the best centers in the league, which, I mean... He, he's an elite rebounder. Uh, Kavon had three 20-plus rebounding games in this season. Um, he out-rebounded the NBA rebound champion this year, actually. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis led the league in rebounds this year. And Kavon <laughs> out-rebounded him by 30 rebounds in 32 less minutes played. So <laughs> that just goes to show you, man. Loon is just an elite rebounder who's actually the most offensive rebounds in a playoff series in the last 20 years. He had 37 rebounds, uh, offensive rebounds in the series, 10 of them coming in that game seven win. Um, another point that I, that isn't as great for the Warriors, but another point that I wanted to point out during the series, Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga, obviously it was, it was a nightmare series for their for them. Uh, Kuminga was struggling to find minutes within the Warriors rotation. Uh, when he did get minutes, he was very lackadaisical. Um, There's one play specifically, <clears throat> he, you know, he was standing in the corner and <clears throat> um, another Warrior shot a three and he didn't even attempt to get a rebound and it landed probably 10 feet in front of him and you know, a, a Sacramento King ended up getting the ball and then Kerr immediately subbed him out and I don't think he played the rest of the series. So, except for garbage time of game seven, but that doesn't matter. Um, yeah, Kamiga couldn't get any offense going and obviously the effort was a little bit of a, of a factor there. For Jordan Poole, on the other hand, it was just bad decision-making, um, dumb turnovers, which cropped up during the regular season and I know has been one of the pain points with Jordan Poole. Um, but that was compounding on top of the fact that he couldn't defend anyone on the Kings. 
um, we knew that these were things that, that Jordan Poole was going to struggle with, but it got highlighted by multiple factors in, in this series. And hopefully he'll, he'll be able to bounce back uh, this next series against the Lakers. We're going to get into that later. But uh, let's talk about Game 7 here. Steph Curry <laughs> drops 50 points, which is the most ever in a Game 7 by anyone uh, in the NBA playoffs. And in in past podcasts, I've been I've been talking about how I think that when the Warriors are struggling, we could use a little bit more of just Steph Curry picking a little. Ste- I I could live with you know forty Steph Curry shots a game, and if we lose, like we lose. Uh, Steph takes thirty eight shots in this game, the most in his career, <clears throat> and it, it was just beautiful to watch. Honestly, um, I think a lot of us Warriors fans were finally uh, relieved to, to just see Steph just take over a game. He, I'm not saying that he gets too passive, but uh, I'd like to see him take more shots <laughs> than, uh, than maybe some of our other guys that, I don't know, are open. But it's Steph Curry. like He's the best shooter of all time. I'd rather have him shooting the ball. Um, other key stats from this game, Warriors had zero fast break points all game, which is, is very intriguing. Both these teams, the Kings and the Warriors, play a very fast style of basketball um, up and down the court. There's actually two total fast break points scored in the whole game, both of them by the Kings, um, which, I mean, that it lends itself two ways here. It means that the Warriors were getting back uh, and on defense and they were also slowing the game down even though this was the highest scoring game seven uh, in nba playoff history it uh, it was dominated by warriors and in, in half court sets um which usually in the nba teams don't want to give their opponents time to, to set a defense and and get their matchups in order but the warriors were content with doing this and just picking apart the kings here uh, in particular, Steph Curry. Um, Kavon Looney, touched on it before, 20, 21 rebounds in Game 7, 10 of them offensive. Hasn't been done in the past 15 years since prime Dwight Howard. Um, <clears throat> Clay Thompson had a, had a stinker. Uh, he, he shot 4 of 19 from the field. He missed two free throws. Even Steph was missing free throws. Everyone was missing free throws in this game. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Clay ended up playing really good defense and staying locked in, especially off ball movements. Um, he he was he was locked in on the defensive end, which I, I I'll touch on later. But he, he's going to need to keep that up in the next series. Um, overall, this series, I totally underestimated the Kings. I had the Warriors winning in five games, maybe six. Um, you know, the Kings will learn from this experience. The Warriors. Um, the year before they won the title, they lost to the Clippers in, in seven um, in the second round. But nonetheless, <clears throat> you know, Fox and Monk will be back. Those guys are studs. Um, Davion Mitchell, he is locked down defender on Steph. Obviously, you're not going to shut Steph down completely, but he did as, as good of a job as, you know, I've seen in a while. 
Um, and honestly, if if it weren't for his lack of shooting, I think he only shot around 25, 26% from three. Um, then Mike Brown may have been, been able to play him more. He ended up going with um, <clears throat> Davis and and Steph Curry just cooked him. So, uh, But that's it for, for this past series. Um, good on the Kings, and I'm sure we'll see them again in the playoffs. Now, moving on to this Warriors-Lakers series preview. This is going to be an all-timer. I, I think the, the TV ratings on this series might be some of the most, the highest for any second-round series ever. Um, I know that the Warriors were drawing, the Warriors-King series was drawing in very high numbers for the, the first round, for being a first-round series, but some intriguing matchups to watch in the series. <laughs> I just have to say it's Kevon Looney and, and Anthony Davis, um, Wiggins versus LeBron, obviously. And then it, it's going to be the two guard matchup too. Like Jordan Poole and clay against Austin Reeves has been amazing for them. Those are three like key matchups that, that I think are going to, um, you know, it'll make it a short or a long series and it, it could sway it in, in either team's favor. Um, Going back to the Looney and AD matchup, I think Looney's going to have to out-effort AD. Um, you know, Anthony Davis in in some games throughout their first series looked like the best defensive player in the NBA. He looked like uh, his old self, and then in other games he was just lost and and just didn't really look like he was giving a ton of effort. Looney gives that effort every single game, so I think he'll be able to. Um, out effort ad in that effect he is going to have to stay out of foul trouble obviously on the other end of the floor he's going to have to guard ad which is a tough task so if looney can stay out of foul trouble uh, and he can keep up his high energy high effort i think that that plays into the warriors favor um the lakers really like to keep ad in the paint and and avoid giving up paint points which is more of the opposite of how this last series was played. Um, the Kings don't really have a ring protect, rim protector that they uh, play all the time. So the the Warriors were able to, to dominate paint points in the games that they win. But th- that will probably not be the case in this Lakers series. Um, but one way to counteract that is... In pick and rolls, um, maybe the Warriors have Kavon Looney come set a screen for Steph or any ball handler that will hopefully pull AD out of the paint. If if it's not pulling AD out of the paint uh, and they just play a drop coverage, Steph Curry can just light them up. Um, it's what the Warriors did against the Celtics in, in the finals last year. The, the Celtics kept having Horford guard the paint. Steph would just pull up and splash that um the lakers have also given up the second most open three-point attempts and that's in part by you know keeping ad and lebron in the paint uh to protect that area so if the warriors are bringing those guys out of the paint loon will have more opportunity to get offensive rebounds but if they're going to stay in the paint we're going to get open shots so i I like that for the warriors we're just going to have to hit them the next matchup is going to be Wiggins and, and LeBron. I mean, 
Wiggins is one of the best two-way defenders in in the league. Um, and he, he can match LeBron's speed in the open court. The thing is, is he going to be able to match his physicality and his strength? Um, obviously, I think what the Warriors are going to have to do and what they've been doing uh, throughout all their title runs, Draymond sort of plays like a center field uh, and will just roam around the court and, and just wreak havoc on the defensive end. He's probably going to have to be playing off of either a Jared Vanderbilt or... Uh, Rui Hachimura, um, as those guys will probably be more of the 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 guys that the Warriors are going to, you know, let take open shots, and um, yeah, Draymond's just going to going to help out Wiggins with LeBron. I feel like LeBron might be uh, might take Wiggins down the post, and that's where he'll have his biggest advantage, um, especially as LeBron has grown his post game throughout the past decade it seems um but yeah i mean some may be calling this a wiggins revenge series you know and obviously the the cavaliers took uh andrew wiggins with the first overall pick was immediately traded for kevin love to minnesota uh and then that was obviously the start of the warriors versus lebron saga um the last matchup that i mentioned before is the two guard matchup uh, it's gonna be austin reeves and, and then jordan Poole and clay thompson who's going to be able to be that that secondary guard um clay is obviously going to bounce back from his shooting slump in that game seven and playing in la i know he he mentioned that he very much has wanted to play the lakers in, in a playoff series and hasn't since he's joined the league so that will be fun to watch. Um, he needs to continue to play amazing defense. Um, he may not be at that all-defensive team level to where he was pre-injuries, but he is still a very good defender. Um, and Poole's just going to have to figure it out. Like The driving lanes may not be there. He His, his biggest strength is, is as a straight-line driver. And if the Lakers are going to have the ADs, the LeBrons, any rim protector in the paint, taking away paint points, he's either going to have to get in there and find open guys, or he's going to have to he's going to have to create on the outside and, and make his open shots. It, it seemed like he couldn't get anything to fall, and he's just got to make better decisions in general. Um, the defense won't come overnight, but you know, giving maybe a little bit more effort would be awesome. I know I'm, I'm just watching the game, so I, I can't, you know, tell him that he's not giving any effort, but it sure doesn't look like it. So, um, and just one last thing that I wanted to mention about this is it, on, on the offensive end for the Warriors, um, looking at all the matchups, uh, D'Angelo uh, Russell may actually be, end up guarding Andrew Wiggins, um, which is actually another like revenge series possibly where D'Lo obviously was traded from the Warriors to Minnesota for Andrew Wiggins a few years ago. Um, I personally am not fearful of D'Lo, but you know, we'll, we'll have to see how that, how this series plays out. You know, if that matchup does end up happening, 
Wiggins may be able to bully him, take him down closer to the paint, and if they have to help, find open guys or just score over him. He's too small, too uh, light. So, my prediction for this for this next Lakers series, Warriors Lakers, it's it's going to be Dubs in seven. Um, I definitely took the Kings for granted last last series. And I don't want to do the same thing. Obviously, they have LeBron James, um, and their core guys won that bubble title a few years ago. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, they've had a few more days off than the Warriors uh, in between series here. The Warriors are, are going to be on short rest, one day's rest um, for the game tomorrow. And I think they'll need to win this game one. I think Steph Curry will definitely, him and Draymond, will definitely get the guys pumped up. Um, And Steph Curry still has won a road game in every single one of his playoff series, which is incredible, honestly. Um, So I don't see an ending here. (laughs) Uh, And then the last thing I want to touch on in today's episode is just other round two predictions now that all the other series are set um i'm gonna say denver and six it looked like they were just destroying the suns uh on the offensive end i the suns may be able to get a few games just by keeping up with the scoring but if they if they aren't gonna be able to guard Jokic and that that offense when it's humming they're they're not gonna be able to stop them um I on the Eastern Conference, I'm gonna have Celtics in six. Uh, as I'm recording this, they actually just lost uh, to a Joel Embiidless 76ers team, but uh, at home. So uh, I don't. Maybe that prediction is just gonna be out the window. But I, I'm gonna stick with it. I think the Celtics were able to make it to the to the finals last year, obviously. Um, and then in the in the last series in the Heat. New York Knicks series. I'm going to go Heat in seven. Jimmy Butler is that guy. Obviously, they come out and they win game one as an eight seed in New York after knocking off the number one overall seed in the Milwaukee Bucks in the previous round. Jimmy Butler's just got some sort of dog in him that will not let that team lose. So uh, I'm going to ride with with the Heat in that series. Um, Thanks for watching, guys. I really appreciate all of the support. Um, if if you aren't able to watch this on on YouTube, you know you can find us anywhere you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and uh, yeah, all right. thanks for joining us.